Welcome back, boys and girls, to the Paranormal Rabbit Hole. I am your host, Hunter. I'm excited to be here with you today because, well, I'm always excited to talk about the paranormal. I mean, am I right or am I right? Am I right? I'm right. So, me being right and all, you listening to this show would also be right. So, I'm moving on because we're both right, which is right, right, right. So, Tonight, I'm throwing that love back out to the Bigfoot enthusiast because I feel like they get a rough go from me. Um, pretty, pre- not pretty rough. I mean, I'm not terrible to them, but it's the one that I. It's another one of those that I. It's a tough one that I. I just don't believe in. Um, and in that, that's strange for me as a cryptid person because I mean, there are some that I'm probably like, yeah, I believe this, this, and this, and they'd probably go, oh my god, this guy, this guy, this cryptid guy. <laughs> but I wanted to give this one credit because this is credit where credit is due hard core because this has a place named after it, a place named after it. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. And it sounds friggin' awesome. I mean, awesome. So, uh, long and short of it. Boys and girls, Battle of Ape Canyon. So this this is a great Bigfoot story. Now this is a story you throw to me, and I do believe this one. I believe something happened because it wouldn't have this name. I mean, Ape Canyon is Ape Canyon for a reason. This story, that's how it got its name. Nothing else, folks. Battle of Ape Canyon. Technically, it's one of the coolest paranormal cryptid slash Bigfoot stories I've heard ever. Um, two of the top guys in this story are Ray Smith and Fred Beck. Um, man. It's, it's, it's fun. It's crazy. It's insane. And it really kind of just gives you this excellent story of a terrifying encounter. So, um, basically July in 1924, uh, five miners, including Ray Smith and Fred Beck are working on the hillsides of Mount St. Helens. Uh, when they stumbled upon something otherworldly, an encounter with creatures that defied logic or reason. Uh, a chance encounter with tall, human-like ape men that stalked the miners, communicating with chest, with chest thumps, can't talk today, and an eerie whistling. Uh, the ape men had been observing them for a few days without their knowledge. Only when one of the men spotted one of the creatures and fired a shot did they make themselves be seen. Uh, the incident on Ape Canyon was one of the earliest and best documented Sasquatch encounters in modern history. So, already, uh, this one kind of sets itself out from... Uh, it sets itself out from other Bigfoot stories because you don't find the wood knocking, really. Um, they're, they, they do more chest thumps which I think is very indicative of, of uh, a primate-type behavior. Um, really, 
really cool though. But uh, it it's five miners, Mount St. Helens, and first of all, working in an area like that near Mount St. Helens, Washington, being in an area like that, you've got so many wild expanses that are untouched. Possible that something could be out there. Of course, there's so many untouched places in the United States as it is, let alone all over the world, you know. But with this, it's already close enough to, I mean, it's in Washington. So technically, Bigfoot State. Like Bigfoot country, the north, the northwest, you know, the North Pacific, uh, and that's no wait, that's entirely different. <laughs> but no, it's the northwest of the United States. You know, it, it's huge squatch country, and of course, on up into Canada and Alaska. But uh, Fred Beck, one of the five miners that had hiked up the mountains on that warm July day, uh, according to him, the day started off like any other prospecting day. Uh, the men were up at the crack of dawn and usually worked until sun began to set on this particular day. One of the men came across a set of odd footprints. Um, they came across across those footprints on a sandbar, and at first those footprints looked human. But as he got closer, he found that they measured 19 inches in length and were anything but human. Attributed, uh, oh, I'm sorry, protrubed by the, f- perturbed. I will get there one day, folks. I promise I will get there perturbed by the finding Hank ran back to the camp to inform the others at what he had what he had seen, what he had come across. Um, he told them that he had found the tracks on the sandbar in the middle of a small river where the men had used to wash their hands uh, and their belongings uh, uh, and to get drinking water. So they followed Hank back to the river and found the tracks still there perfectly in the sand. They described the track as being 19 inches long again and four inches deep in the sand. However, upon inspection of the area, the men noticed that those were the only two footprints in the sand. They were in the middle of the sandbar, as if whatever had made the footprints had taken just a huge step to the middle of the bank. And, you know, that's that's pretty impressive, right? That's huge. You're a big person. Um, Hank had stated no human being could have made these tracks and there's only one way they could be made. Something dropped from the sky, went back up, and the men were like, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, this thing just kind of disappeared into thin air, so that's good enough for us. <laughs> that's fine. Just it dropped down went back up. That explains everything. Uh, we're done. We're done here. Let's Let's go ahead and, I mean, this is weird. This is really weird, but, I mean, you know, it could happen. Um, or just had long legs, maybe. But according to Fred, what really put the men on edge were the sounds they began to hear in the woods days after the discovery. So that's as if finding giant mystery feet in the middle of the riverbank on a sandbar where you wash your hands isn't bad enough. Now you have to deal with these strange, weird sounds coming out of the forest. So they heard uh, loud thumping sounds that echoed through the forest as if someone was beating their chest. Uh, the sounds were followed by loud, shrilling, whistling noises uh, that made the experienced my, my, miners shake in their boots. Uh, 
they described the whistling as uh, as being like just all around him, coming from one ridge not too far away, only to be answered by a whistle from a different ridge on the opposite side. Uh, and they're communicating, so they're talking to each other. So think about that communication, like uh, I'm trying to think of something like that in a movie that's been uh, what animal like like velociraptors communicating to each other, you know, like the, the dinosaurs on Jurassic Park communicating to each other, uh, the Mutos and Godzilla talking back and forth to each other and making the clicks and the the, the pulsation sounds uh, to communicate. Uh, I mean, that was that was actually one of the cooler parts of them is that they kind of had this realistic, animalistic pulsing and, and communication line to them. Uh, but too frightened to go alone, Hank asked Fred to accompany him to a nearby spring to refill their canteens, and as the men approached the spring, Hank yelled out and pointed his rifle into a distant tree, and that's when Fred saw a tall, hairy creature by some trees. So, essentially, those guys are like, hey, man, you thirsty? Yeah, pretty pretty parched. Let's go, let's go fill the canteen. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, go take my canteen with you. Go fill it. Oh, no, 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 no. What I said was let's go, as in you and I are going to walk up there together because I'm not going up there by myself, man. You hear this whistling, dude. This whistling's fucking weird, and these thumps. What the hell is this? What's what's going on? (laughs) You know, so uh, you got that coming out of the woods. These guys, they're scared. Um and it is, you know, it's about time that something just kind of poked up and said, Hey, don't shoot me, <laughs> but you know, fuck that. They were, they were scared. So, uh, on the opposite side of the small Canyon, according to the men, the creature quickly dodged behind pine trees, uh, poking its head out from side of the tree from time to time. Hank shot at it, and Fred could see the bark flying off the tree as the bullet had almost hit the creature. Standing about seven feet in the height and covered in blackish-brown hair, the creature jumped from behind the pine and ran down the canyon. It ran upright and at an incredible speed, only to disappear out of the men's view within seconds. Uh, Fred had also shot at it, but it was un- but was unable to see whether he hit it or not. Um, so those two men finally just kind of went back to camp and said, Hey, guys, we just saw some crazy shit. Um, I don't know what to think, you know? So, uh, I mean, isn't that about the time you just pack up? Like, Hey, look, you know what guys, we're seeing shit. We're hearing shit. Let's leave. (laughs) Let's go. Okay. Let's get out of here. Because I don't think this is going to end well for us. Um, it's it's a warning sign, right? Like I think I think it's time to bounce, time to go. <laughs> uh, let's rethink this situation. So the camp the camp was basically set out with small tents and a pine log cabin. Uh, that the, that they had built previously to kind of, you know, live in and survive in. Uh, it, it was much better than a tent for like if storms came through, the men could all go into the big cabin and you know kind of 
hunker down in there. But it was it was more often just kind of a big shelter so that they could kind of go in and out of and eat, you know, drink. So uh, on the main evening of the encounter with that one creature with the tree, uh, where they it was looking at them from the trees, uh, the men sat around the fire smoking their pipes and discussing their plan to leave in the morning. They were done with it. They they were done with it. <laughs> we had just said something. Let's go. They were they were like, "Hey, we're here. I think something is going on. Uh, I don't know if you should know about this, but something is happening, and not too many people know about it because it's uh, paranormal. That's what they're doing right now. Like, let's get the hell out of here." So, good plan. <laughs> but they they were just kind of chilling out and getting ready to basically pack up and leave as soon as sun came up. Uh, so they decided to turn in and get some rest, and, and not long after they had been fast asleep, a loud wall-shaking thud made them jump to their feet. Something had hit the side of the cabin hard enough to knock loose. Uh a chinking between the logs. So basically it kind of knocked out a little bit of dust and dirt, uh, kind of allowing them to look out between the logs and, and, and see what was going on. Uh, they heard a lot of grunting, some loud footsteps, you know, and, uh, Through one of the holes, Hank uh, managed to catch a glimpse of what was making those horrific sounds. He only managed to see three of them. However, given the noise and commotion, the men believed that there were more than three ape men type creatures outside. Um, you know, and then you know, bam, 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 rocks keep hitting the walls, the roof. And uh, Hank said, "You know, finally have enough." Said, "You know what? I'm I'm done with this. I'm done." dealing with this shit, I'm firing on him. So he grabbed his rifle and uh, shot out into the darkness and the creatures fell silent. The footsteps stopped. The footsteps stopped and uh, the rocks stopped being thrown. And then he's like, okay, let's turn it and aim in a different direction. Blam! And, you know, just lights up another section of forest to be met with silence again. Uh, then maybe two or three minutes later, another rock hits the roof. <laughs> They're like, so basically, essentially, the Bigfoots were like, yeah, yeah, come do something. Blah, oh, shit. Blah, oh, oh, they're shooting twice. Hang on, nobody do anything. Don't move. Don't move. Nobody move. Don't. They're shooting. Don't move. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. Give him a minute. Just, just, just chill. Hey, hey, go around the other side and throw a rock. Go around the other side and throw a rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what they were doing. They, uh, they could see these ape-like creatures, you know, and they obviously were like, "Nope, this is we're going to die if they keep throwing rocks at us." Let's, 
you know, let's shoot at them. Seems smart, you know. I mean, if you could see them to enough well enough to hit them, I would shoot. I'm not shooting unless I can get a good solid aim on them. You know, center mass too. Uh but that that other rock just hit that cabin. Uh Fred said that the group thought it would be a good idea to shoot only when the creatures attacked so that they would realize that the men were only shooting to defend themselves. And they would stop if the attack stopped. It worked for a few minutes, uh, but then the attack continued. There was heavy thud on the roof as one of the creatures had managed to climb up there. And Hank shot his thirty thirty Winchester, and the bullet went through the roof. They then heard the creature jump off and come around to the front of the cabin to be joined by the others. That's when the front door began to rattle. Uh, so they were trying to break in. Uh, they took a long pole and jammed it Uh they took a long pole from the bunk bed, jammed it, and then, you know, the creatures just started. The, the eight men just started going crazy and hitting the door, basically breaking it down. They were breaking down the door. These these guys said that they had felt it like just beating down the door so hard that it was going to break. Uh, so then Hank says, screw this, I've had enough. Shot at the door. Just was like, okay, let's do this. Shot at the door. Uh, fell silent outside, and the men made sure that the door was properly jammed before they moved away from it. They were not taking any chances. And it was then that a big hairy arm reached through one of the holes that was shot in the or that was in the wall and and grabbed the handle of a nearby axe. Fred, thinking, nope, not today, jumped on the axe head and turned it upright so that it would get caught up between the logs. Uh, And then Hank shot into the hole, and the creature dropped the axe and pulled its arm back. Uh, It was one of the most frightening experiences of the night, the men were later recall, and the attacks against the cabin continued throughout the night. Not to the same degree, but, uh, you know, just as bad, you know. Uh, basically, these guys dealt with it all night, uh, and in the early morning hour, the attacks had dwindled down to rocks being thrown, followed by a few whistles here and there. So by the time the sun began to shine over the mountains, the attack and the noises outside had ceased completely, and the men waited inside for full daylight. You know, They said, screw this, not taking any chances being outside in the middle of the night. Uh, but they, they went till full daylight, and then they looked around, saw small rocks strewn around the cabin, signs of activity like footprints, but no signs of the creatures themselves until f- moments later when Fred looked up by the bordering ridge and saw one of the creatures. It was standing there about eight yards away looking down on them. Uh, Fred raised his gun once more, uh, took his time to aim the shot, and, and shot three times, hitting it several times, and they watched it topple over the cliff down into the gorge hundreds of feet below. So they got one of them. They were like, and you know what? I don't I don't really blame them. I don't really blame them. They were like, fuck this. We've gone through this all night. You're dead. You're dead meat. We don't know what you're going to do. You could signal them to come back and kill us right now. We're taking you out. You're not getting back. You're, you're a scout. You're not getting back. Um, so once the, the men had seen the creature fall off the cliff, they decided to go run for it. They were like, we're done. 
We're finished. We're going to leave our shit behind except for what we got in our hands um, and on our backpacks. And so they, they ran back to Hanks Ford, which had been parked miles away from the camp. Uh, and the men made it back home to Kelso, Washington, where they were able to tell their friends and families about the horrific event. Uh, you know, they were, they were pretty, they were pretty confused and shaken up getting back down from the cabin. They were, I mean, the people that, that heard the story said they were pretty, it was, it was pretty wild and they, and they were pretty terrified. They, they were having such an issue with this. Um, they, they are very adamant that this is the strangest thing they've ever been through and they are very lucky to, to have to have made it out and i love i love that 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 is the story that they tell that is the story that is this this is it this is how this place got its name is this attack these miners were just chilling out mining their own well mining the mountain which is um, you know if if you a lot of native american lore talks about the land getting revenge you know once you cut a scar into it or start mining it and picking into the earth and taking from her um, and there's a lot of legends that deal with that kind of thing having vengeance you know having a a repercussion and a a a consequence for those actions so this this is is kind of something like that maybe maybe this was a consequence for mining the mountain maybe this was mother earth saying you know Hey, I'm going to protect myself. You know, I I am protecting myself from mankind picking me clean. You never know. You never know. So, um uh, the men made it back home. They made it out of the mountains. They were very adamant about, you know, you know, telling people, "Hey, this happened. We need you to uh kind of, you know, we need you to take this serious." So, uh, since then, there have been people that have gone missing in in this in this area of mountain range. But to to stick with the the topic at hand, uh, so these guys went out there; they were mining, and they started to hear these sounds they started to and it all started very and and everything just like wonderfully just like a perfect picture feature film uh title pending patent pending (laughs) this story is laid out beautifully think about it five miners in this part of of washington and st helens uh, near st helens five miners out there working every day under the earth with god knows what kind of chemicals hitting them maybe it was a hallucination maybe it's the real thing maybe it's a case of mistaken identity and, and they shot a bear but here's what we here so here are the facts and i will present this to you as the facts are uh, from a paranormal standpoint, you know, I've just given you several different things. And now let me be more clear, dude, let's talk about this guys. Come on. Think about this. Five miners. We're going to go spiritual route. Five miners p- 
picking at the at the earth, scarring the earth, digging into her crust, and you know, and hurting the earth by taking from her. And the earth sends these ape men to protect her. These creatures of of earth and 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 they look hairy but maybe they're just like you know has anybody seen that what was that m night Shyamalan movie the uh lady of the water how they had the 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 gorillas that were made out of like trees or grass no it was the dogs were made out of grass and the gorillas were made out of like wood and it was really cool really neat looking aspect uh because they were kind of a protector and then there was a giant eagle too that was pretty cool that was pretty wicked the giant eagle that movie was kind of boring but the the lore was was very interesting um but to to kind of go back it's not far-fetched to have a protective spirit of the land in native american culture and and first people's culture it's a very common thing there's also a trickster they're very common things. So m- why not be a, a protector of the forest, a spirit that is a protector of the forest? You're making sure that the forest is taken care of and, and that earth and the ground is taken care of and you've got these men digging into, scarring the earth. Uh, sin- the earth sends you to, to right the wrong and scare them out of there so they'll stop. You didn't kill any of them. They unfortunately shot one and saw it fall into the canyon. That's a little rough. It's kind of a... I mean, I'm not going to okay it, but I'm not going to say they probably were worried that that was either going to scout back and tell its buddies, hey, they're leaving, let's get them. Or they were worried that it was just going to come down and wipe them out. So they were like, nope, we're not taking any chances. I, I would probably do the same. I'd be like, nope, I'm not taking any chances. Blow, let's go. Let's you know, shoot it, run. Park a little closer. Not too close that they throw rocks at your car. Yeah, that's what I would do. Or like, you know, flaming arrows. That might cause a forest fire. But I mean, you know, it'd be cool. But uh, you got the flaming arrows. uh, Maybe explosives. Explosive arrows. That might be helpful. I'd probably blow myself up. Um, It'd be cool, though. But yeah, it'd be like fireworks. Like, eh, you should not give this guy fireworks, nor should you give him any kind of explosive. Do not do that. That sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> but no, it, it's... It, but okay, that's one aspect. Or there's the, it's a real creature. Or it's an alien. You know, you have the alien aspect. Um, I love that the first... But I mean, for me, again, let's repaint that perfect picture of this scenario. They have the five miners who are in the middle of nowhere mining and one of them goes to wash his hands you know just kind of rinse his face off and just kind of get the the day off of him and looks out and across the sandbar that he's standing on because that's where they usually go to wash their hands and sees these giant footsteps or footprints is like oh shit Hey guys, come check this out. This is a little freaking crazy. And then after that, they start hearing these thumping sounds and these whistles. 
you know, everything progresses beautifully. And then there it is up by the tree, you know, and Hank and, and Beck are like, oh, oh, okay, that's what's that's what's been messing with us this whole time. And they start firing at it. Well, they are hostile now. They're hostile to the big feet, Bigfoot, Big Fi. Uh, and it's it's it, it kind of you know, oh, they're they're hostile, so now we have to return and take them out because they're hostile. We can't have hostile people living in our forest. Uh, you know, or you know, they were just already hunting them. They were already hunting them, you know. Uh, and, and that's a scary thought. Scary thought. It, it's it, it's a very big possibility. I mean, I would love to see a movie. I would love to see a movie about this, to be honest. It would be, it would be very easy to do, very cool to do. And you could just play it out so well. So it's, it's something else. And I, I, I guess I, I don't, I don't know what to say because it's such a great story. It's such a great legend. It's such a great mythos, but yet these guys really just went through this. This is named Ape Canyon for this reason. This is something that is documented because of this event. So what happened? You know, I mean, my biggest, I'm not going to lie, dude. One of y'all, one of my biggest judgments is the Sierra sounds. Okay. The Sierra sounds are a little rough for me to get because it just, it's a, it's, it's guys, it's guys yelling back and forth at each other on, on video because they're trying to make it sound like it's Bigfoot communicating. That's all the Sierra sounds are. Patterson Gimlin film. For me, it's a person in a suit. And I apologize to you, Bigfoot guys, you, you Bigfootian people, uh, but that that's just honestly how I feel. But this one, this story is the one that holds me and catches my, my mind the most because it's very dramatic and well told. Could it be fake? Yes. But for it to be such a big event that they named the place Ape Canyon because of this event... That holds a lot of, it holds a lot of sway, it holds a lot, but it holds a lot of gusto and magic to it that is, and in our minds, as cryptozoologists, as you, you know, UFO knots, uh, or UFO ufologists, um, as ghost hunters, as you know, as every everyone in this field aims for is that big, beautiful, fat, juicy piece of evidence. And even though there's no cameras and anything like that, this story is quite possibly for me, even if it's far fetched, the best and most prevalent proof of Bigfoot 
because it's it, it is I, I can see it. I can feel it. I can feel the atmosphere of these men being terrified of not knowing what's going on of living through this battle because it's everything that a great movie would have in it. And it's excellent, but it's such a great, believable story. And they named the place after this event. Man, that just lends... And I I think that that's what lends something to it is that it kind of holds an air of believability when you recognize it as a monument this way. Like, not it's not a... It's a historical site slash park, you know? Essentially, um, and and that that legitimacy kind of leads to it. Even if it's a maybe a, if a a little slapstick, tongue in cheek legitimacy, you know, a little it's a little uh, you know, if even if it's that, it just lends something to it. You know, it just it just lends an air of, of credibility to it that way. So. Um, for me, I love, I love this story. I love it as a possibility for the existence of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the hairy hominids, the big, tall, gigantopithecus of the Americas. I I love it. I love this event. I I don't love it for the guys that experienced it. I don't love it that they probably wiped out some, some ape men, (laughs) some Sasquatch. Uh, but I love it because they were defending themselves first. And then, you know, also anything man versus nature where it's a creature feature for me. Oh, slam dunk done. Count it party over. I love creature features. Those are my favorite horror movies. Um, hands down. So, you know, go figure. I'm a cryptid guy, (laughs) but that's it boys and girls. Um, that's all the time we have today. Of course, Go on to Apple, Amazon, and Spotify and give us a great rating. Five stars is all that those places care about because they just care about the five stars because they just want to know if you liked it. That's all they care about is, did you like this? And you did like this. You enjoyed it. You loved it. So give it five stars and review it on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out at the Paranormal Rabbit Hole Podcast on Instagram. All one word run together into a terrible Terrible, awful amalgamation of words, but that's where you can find us. And you can always find the post for the next podcast that we're going to have. But this is actually going to come out on a Thursday because we had an unfortunate family event. So, uh, boys and girls, sorry for the late one. But as usual, this has been the discussion over Ape Canyon and the Battle of Ape Canyon. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and all you other folks, thank you for going down this paranormal rabbit hole with me. Good night.